Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today I have a special episode for you. I have my former client on and she is going to share how she went from dating to exclusive using my coaching program and the tools that I taught her. And if you want to join this program as well, we will be enrolling in October for the next cohort and you can get on the waitlist now to get an early bird discount and to be able to secure your spot. So if you want to create your own transformation using the tools, just like this client did, make sure you get on the waitlist. Before we get into it, I also want to share with you my free guide called copy and paste texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. The link for that is going to be in the show notes of this episode. And also you should check me out on Instagram. I am now posting little videos, little dating tips, some of which you haven't heard on the podcast ever. So if you're interested in that, definitely check that out as well. The link will be in the show notes, or you can look me up, Amber Rubenman, on Instagram. All right, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast. Hi, Amber. It's really awesome to be here. I'm so excited to dig into your growth over the last three to four months. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what dating was like before you joined the program and what ultimately inspired you to reach out? So um, essentially my whole life I felt like dating has been just tied up in, in, in a lot of extreme anxiety and I always really struggled with it. Um, for me growing up, um, unfortunately I grew up in an emotionally abusive household where I wasn't really able to build a healthy self-esteem at all. And that really translated into me, I think really, really wanting to have a boyfriend right from when I was like in, in, in high school. And every time I went to approach that and I'd see people around me dating and I really, really wanted that, it would always end in terrible disaster. Like... I would, I would find myself getting rejected and wondering why and wondering why it was so easy for everyone else. And so fast forward past um, getting married and ending in, in a divorce in my 20s. And into my 30s, I just kept, felt like I just kept re-traumatizing myself, getting into these toxic types of relationships where um, I would meet someone, I would instantly like them, decide that they were great, jump into having sex with them, be totally vulnerable and then get, you know, completely... Um, devastated by the breakup, um, wondering what had happened and everything. So I think a couple of years ago, um, I had a really bad experience. Um, I have complex PTSD relating to the emotional abuse. And so um, that shows up in dating for me. So I would um, meet someone. I met this guy. we We dated for six weeks. And then he ended it suddenly after a night out where he'd been holding my hand and kissing me and making me feel like he really liked me and cared about me. And then the next morning in bed, he was like, no, I just don't think that you're really suited to me. And no, I'm not going to continue with this. And it completely devastated me. And I ended up um, completely pulling back from dating and just going, well, this online dating thing isn't working. It's toxic. I'm just going to take a complete break and just hope that I meet someone in real life. And so I was all about the in real life thing. And that was also a disaster. That just wasn't happening. (laughs) So after a bit, I was like, (laughs) okay, 
the reality is if you want to you know find a partner you're going to have to get yourself back out there and obviously online dating is a good option because i have a very busy life and getting out and meeting people in that respect was hard and so i thought right i've got to do this and so i did it again i i think at that point i'd started listening to your podcast so at some point in there, I was like, I need to find resources. And so I found your podcast and started listening. And I started to try to apply a few of your um, tool, you know, toolbox um, uh, tools to the, to the dating process. And yeah, pretty much um, I remember trying to, trying to go on a date with this guy within talking to him very quickly, you know, instead of like talking to him for ages. Cause at that point I realized if I talk to people on the app for too long, you end up building like an idea of someone and maybe you get some, if you're anyone like me, you start to build things in your head and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And you start to get fluttery feelings and all this sort of thing. And this is what happened with this guy. And unfortunately we couldn't go on a date for a couple of weeks, but he was very charming, very funny. He's a Kiwi. Um, and I'm a Kiwi in Australia. So, you know, we I kind of found an affinity, <laughs> And then um, we went on this one date after work on a Friday night and I thought he was really good looking and smart and funny and I really liked him. And I thought, and he was all kind of, you know, friendly and touchy feely and stuff. And I was like, yeah, he wants to go on a second date. And it turned out he didn't want to go on a second date and I was devastated. And I was like, something's got to change. <laughs> you know, there's one date with this one person I don't even know. What is going on here? Why am I so emotionally attached? And so then I, I think for a while there, I was like, oh, you know, like I can just listen to Amber's podcast and, and, and just get ideas from that and it'll be fine. But it started to dawn on me that I needed to do the course with you because that I felt was going to really um, give me, yeah, the tools to deal with, with this dating anxiety, which just plagued me. It was the one area of my life at that point that I felt really needed development, you know? Yeah. And actually I'm curious, first of all, I think so many women can relate to you right now with all of the things that you just shared. Like we've all been there and done that in one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, and we can all relate to the disappointment that can come with dating when it's not intentional and when we don't have those tools. Mm -hmm. So having now done the program, what do you feel like the difference was? between kind of like doing it yourself and trying out some of these tools versus like actually joining the program? Um, definitely like having the, the first one-on-one -on -one with you um, was really helped set me up. And I think, um, you know, you need, you need the guidance in my opinion. Um, and one of the first things that you said to me was um, that you are, interviewing the CEO of your company for the CEO of your company. Which um, sounds so not romantic. <laughs> no, but, but it made so much sense. At that point I was dating what we would consider probably like the 10% guy. Yeah. Um, which you remember I, I, I told you about. And um, that just kind of elevated the whole thing out of the mire of confusion for me. It was like that one statement just kind of lifted everything up a little bit and made me go, oh, okay, all right. Well, now I have a bit of a, a JDF, you could say, you know, um, and I can, I can work with that. And then starting that mindset work with you as well, surprisingly effective in a very short space of time for me, which was really cool. Um, and I can see, cause I wrote all mine down in this book and I can see the, the, the change in myself from when I started that mindset work 
um, till probably only like a month later that I really um, can sort of see like a flow of me really believing what I'm writing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what everybody says is right about in that time span of doing it consistently for one month, you go from like, it's never going to happen to it's a hundred percent certain that it's going to happen and it's going to be better than I even thought it was going to be. Like, yeah. And I, I would really like to share what I've written down for, cause you know, you write down um, what you, your mindset you're trying to change. So um, it's possible for me to create a loving, fun, healthy, supportive relationship with my best friend and lover within the next six months. That's mm-hmm. like a core thing for me. And then the second thing is like your brain's protests. And yeah. the last thing I wrote down was right now, things feel good. Brain is completely on board. <laughs> <laughs> and even, even better, I, I, I mean, because I do still worry. I said still worried about making the wrong decision, but that's just anxiety and PTSD talking. We'll find out through time spent and experiences over time. And that just, yeah, just encapsulates for me where yeah. my mind has gone. Yeah. Yeah. So Actually, let's talk a little bit about the scale of one to 10 that we did in the initial sessions and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. your belief and your doubt at the time when you first started. Yeah. So even though um, when you are, so how confident are you that you'll achieve your goal on a scale of one to 10? I wrote eight out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still pretty high. Yeah. And so why not a 10? Like i uh, written um, number one was scarcity of suitable guys in Perth. Mm-hmm. I really felt that um, the type of person that I am, I didn't feel like there was many men here that would suit that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, number two was I'm bad with relationships and usually stuff them up, um, mm-hmm. which was a reality for me at the time, really. Um, you know, I felt it was my fault that things weren't working and and to an extent, you know, they kind of were, but not in a way that I thought. Yeah. And number three was, I'm too much and intense. Guys love an independent woman, but when they have it, that's not the case. Or, mm-hmm. and I emasculate men. Mm-hmm. That's um, a huge one. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt that. I felt like, yeah, that that happened again and again and again. But my choices were poor and that's the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As it turns out. <laughs> As yeah. it does turn out. What was, so you had that, those doubts, but you also did believe in yourself to a certain extent, like you wrote eight out of 10. So what was it that was contributing towards you believing in yourself, even when you were starting from where you started? Um, I just have faith that I'm a quick learner. And I also wrote down underneath those three things, I'm doing this course, so I will have the tools. Um, And that for me, um, you know, give me the toolbox, teach me how to do it. And I'm, I'm away. So I knew at that point after listening to your podcast that by the end of this, I would, I would be on that firm footing of being able to approach dating in a, in a confident way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good because I think what I noticed there is your belief in yourself was based on two things. One, your identity. I'm a quick learner. I can learn this. Like it's a skill I can learn. And two, I trust the tools that I'm given. It wasn't about what happened six months ago or 10 years ago or five years ago, right? So most people, when they ask themselves that question on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe in yourself to create the relationship that you want within that time frame? 
they immediately reflect on what have the last five months been like, right? What have the last years been like? And based on that, I'll decide if I believe in myself. But your belief in yourself had nothing to do with that, or at least you had some of those doubts that came up, but the majority of your belief came on who you are in the present and the path and the process and the tools that you're using. Mm. So I think that's really valuable for people to hear as well. So let's talk a little bit about some of those tools. What were your favorite tools or most helpful tools during the process? So my three most helpful tools, um, the upside down funnel, Mm -hmm. um, when we're, um, you know, looking when we're online dating, um, are they cute and are they interesting? (laughs) It's just (laughs) so simple (laughs) because I used to sit there and go, Oh, you know, like they look really like we look like we've got a lot in common or like, that's the kind of person I think I'd like to date. I'm just not sure about how they look. Oh, I, f- I feel mean about that. Um, maybe when I meet them, I'll feel differently. And so I would sort of, you know, have this sort of back and forth with myself over these choices. And once I just had, are they cute and are they interesting? I was like, oh, gosh, it just simplifies it. Because you know when you look at someone, whether you find them attractive or not, or at least I do. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't worry about whether they are or not. I'm just like, they are or they're not to me. And so that made it really easy. And also, like, the interesting part, it's kind of smaller for me because... It, it, it stopped me from obsessing over, you know, what are they into? How have they put their words? Well, to be fair, grammar is a big thing for me. If you can't spell them, I'm not there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was like, yeah, okay, that, that just makes it really a lot more simple and a lot. And as, as I feel like all of your online dating tips are really about efficiency and, um, you know, effectiveness. We're not, I used to get really annoyed about, you know, sitting there and spending lots of time on the apps and stuff and feeling like it was a necessary evil, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And yeah, then like 75% and like just take away so much of what we do on there. And yeah get better results from it. Yeah. 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 Certainly the case for me. Um, and then the five elements, which um, listeners of the podcast would probably be quite familiar with by now. Um, that's just a great framework. You know, you come away from a date and you go, okay, is this passing? Is this failing? Can it be nourished? And it's just simple, you know? Um, and the guy that I'm exclusive with now um having those elements has been super, super helpful. I don't think I would have gone out on a date with him to start with or have kept dating him if it wasn't for those five elements and, mm-hmm. and being able to evaluate the connection against them. So yeah. that's given me a lot of confidence as well. We were just talking about this in the last call of how the five elements help you find somebody based on like truly what your connection is like with that person, including the physical attraction instead Mm -hmm. of the list or image that comes from ego or what Mm -hmm. other people think we should have or what we think we need based on, you know, marketing and commercials and other people's opinions. So the five elements really gets you in touch with authenticity of who you're really meant to be with. Um, And that's what a lot of people say is like, oh, you know, I just, it's not even that, like, they are so attractive to me. They're so amazing in so many ways, but I may just not have noticed them because I wasn't in touch with the authenticity of who I really connect with. 
So I'm really glad that you were able to um, not overlook this person because it sounds like you have a really great connection now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each time we meet, I'm just like, I like you more and more and I don't feel anxious. And if something comes up, I can just say it and we can talk about it and it's not a big deal. Like I've met someone really secure. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there was sort of um, in the beginning a little bit of that like, societal pressure like I wasn't sure if I found him physically attractive or not Mm -hmm. um but as we when we got to know each other more and I I used the five elements I realized I actually am I just was just a bit oh I hate I hate I hate saying stuff like this but I was a bit concerned about what people might think (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah at the same time you messaged us in the group that you felt like a horny teenager. Yeah, exactly. So there was that side of me going, oh, yes, my body wants this person for sure. And that also looking at him from time to time and going, I don't know if I am attracted in that way. But it's just, you know, when you, when you look at all the five elements, they're all there and, and, and they're all like an A triple plus type thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was able to let go of that and it's great. Great. And... Also, on the topic of bringing things up when you're anxious, in the beginning, you definitely had a lot of thoughts about you as an anxious person and believing that like your something was wrong with your attachment style and you just kind of had this story of like, I'm too anxious and it's like my issue. And I feel like that's something that really evolved over sessions together. So what is your perspective on your dating anxiety now and how did that shift over the past few months? Through the mindset work, I was just really able to um, separate it out from who I am as a person and what it actually is. Yeah. Um, And that has been really powerful and it's actually led me to further um, put in place um, some more therapy for my PTSD. And I really want to know who I am versus who what the PTSD is. And I think um, this has just been, this this course has been that little shift that's really helped me to go, oh, okay, this is the next path. And um, yeah, I just, it, it's just made, um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just been a fundamental shift. Yeah. And it's really interesting because during our first session where we were kind of going over your challenges you mentioned that you have an anxious attachment style and anxious behavior that you ruminate overthink worry about rejection can't slow it down that kind of thing um and then as you were dating that i think that with the tools that didn't seem to be a main issue actually um and you seem and i think it was kind of because you were in that mindset of like I am interviewing for the CEO position. (laughs) Like that's the energy that you brought to dating. So it was like less of the worrying and anxiety of like, do they like you? It was more like, what are the five elements telling me? Are they a fit? Yeah, that's the difference. Do they like me? It's like kind of neither, well, it's not neither here nor there. They they need to like you, but it's flipping it around and going, okay, is this person, are we, are we, are we right together? Is this going to work without feeling like if it doesn't work, it's, 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 that's the end of it. Like there's no longer that overwhelming feeling of, Oh God, I have to go back out there again. And Oh God, you know, like 
oh, you know, this affects my whole life. And now it's like, okay, this is, you've, you've really normalized the dating process. That's, that's the big message I think I want to put out to everyone. It's a normal process in life and it doesn't need to be full of, um, yeah, anxiety and, and distress. Right. Um, so the last thing in the, in the toolbox that I felt was super helpful for me um, was when to have sex. Mm. Um, in the past, I have jumped into having sex with someone too quickly because in my mind, even though I wasn't willing to admit it, um, if they had sex with me, it meant that they liked me enough to want to have a relationship with me. Yeah. And so the cart would go before the horse and I would be like, this is an empowering thing to do. I can have sex if I want to have sex sort of thing. But the reality was, is that I wasn't doing it within, um, a safe container as you like to say, right? Um, right. And so that guide of, of when to have sex when the five elements are there and you want to move it forward sexually and, and, and do it within a container of exclusivity has been um, another, another massive mind, mind shift where I've gone, that's how you do it. And I've sort of always felt in the past icky about the way that I approach sex with people, you know, mm-hmm. and I knew that it wasn't quite working, but I couldn't really seem to do that shift within myself of, 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 yeah, just finding, yeah, I just, I just wanted a partner so badly that I would, that I would do that anyway. Um, but the decision I've made in this current connection has me feeling very, very, um, I want to say stable emotionally. Um, I'm not, I'm not feeling vulnerable in a way that's scary. Right. Yeah. I think that is so important because again, I think so many people can relate to that who are listening, which is that feeling like sex is validating or it's increased intimacy and therefore increased investment from this person. Like maybe it's more likely to lead to a relationship if we do that earlier. And that just is not the case. Um, and it can be harmful towards yourself if you don't have the security that you need before you do that. And I think the challenge is most people don't realize that exclusivity is not far away. They think it's like, well, gosh, then I can't have sex ever (laughs) because I have to wait till I'm exclusive. But exclusivity is just a baby step. It's something that you do pretty soon once you meet somebody that you like. And so it's not like you have to be like six months deep into a serious relationship before you can have sex. It's just about creating that safety of the container of like, hey, we're not dating other people. We like each other. We're just focusing on this. It's a little bit more of the commitment. And then it feels so different to be more vulnerable with that person. And it feels safe to and enjoyable to experience that intimacy and vulnerability. Yeah. And like, um, this last weekend, um, and I'll just, I'll go by, um, the letter of his first name. So B and I, um, spent, we did a couple of overnighters together and I just noticed something about, um, our sex life that I wanted to ask him about. And instead of freaking out and spending a day, like, you know, building myself up to ask, I just asked him and he just answered. And that was that. And there was no, (laughs) there was no drama. (laughs) It was just a normal conversation. Yeah. And I think that's the power of the container. Yeah. Right. It's like we are in this bubble where there's space and there's like 
a boundary where I can like just be myself and share these things and it's contained here um, yeah. versus yeah. Where, where it's like, I don't know if they're dating other people or they could just leave any time or I don't really know how serious we are about each other, then it's harder to bring up those important things and ultimately to really enjoy that relationship. So tell us a little bit about how your abundance mindset has changed over the past few months. Because you mentioned you felt very scarce about meeting people where you live initially, and it seems like that is not the case anymore. No, um, I'm just, I'm not, if I, if I think about this connection ending for whatever reason, I'm just going, it's okay. I know that there are people out there that would be another good fit. And I think that's what it sort of comes down to is understanding that there's good fits mm-hmm. and then there's not so good fits. Um, and so this idea that there is just one person out there that can fulfill or, or, be, a, or be a good fit has been smashed out of the water um, because it's this real life example of the person I'm dating at the moment. I mean, I don't know where he's been my whole time in Perth, but as far as I'm concerned, He's, he's, I, I actually feel that he's a bit of a unicorn in terms of a, a person. Um, and I just haven't met people like him here in Perth, but I still don't feel scarce about it. I feel like there's lots more out there. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And that actually helps you enjoy your relationship that you're in more. Yes. Right. Because it's yeah. not like you're a dime a dozen. I could find you anywhere. It's like on one hand, you have this feeling that this person is so special and then you just get to enjoy how special they are and enjoy the investment you make in the relationship because you're not constantly consumed with, this is my only chance. I better not mess it up. Yeah. There's nobody else I could ever be compatible with, which yeah. really leads to like sabotage and anxiety and not enjoying the connection. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying this and I'm enjoying the pace it's going at. And I don't feel like I have to push it forward. It, it's, it's, and sometimes it is a little bit disconcerting for me because this is still new. It's still new for me to enjoy a connection like this and, and to let it unfold organically and to feel safe all the time. Like I'm used to turmoil. So it's still every now and then I'm like, okay, I don't feel that fluttery feeling right now. Is, is that an issue? It's, it just, it doesn't matter each time, time again, like it just, I'm just being shown this, this path that's just unfurling organically and it's like, yeah, it's great. It's just so, it is it, as disconcerting as it can be. I'm reminded the next minute, basically that this is the process and it's fine. And I'm just brought, I'm just brought back to going, yep, yeah, cool. All right. right and so what has your experience been with the group sessions because because of the time zone you were not able to attend live but I felt like you were just as much a part of the community as anybody else and you were really good at keeping in touch with everybody in the slack group and sharing your updates and connecting with everyone so what was your experience with watching the recordings of the group um, I basically, because, because the recordings fell at nine o'clock on a Friday morning here, um, each week and I start work at nine on a Friday and I can't 
you know, I obviously can't get out of that. Um, I would very much relish coming home on a Friday and curling up in front of my laptop and watching and taking notes. Um, and just, I, I, you know, it did feel like I was there. I'd be sitting there nodding and going, oh, yeah, you know, when people were talking and stuff. Um, but, yeah, for me, like, um, I, I guess, I don't know what it was. I didn't have any, like, burning um, questions for the group during that time, I guess. I don't, I don't know whether, like, I never felt like I was missing out. Um, and I learned a lot from watching um, the other women, you know, ask their questions and get coaching and stuff like that. Um, it was a really nice time for me to do that on a Friday night. And yeah, I guess it's not, not a very good answer. Sorry. No, um, I love that. I think that's really great. Um, that's how I feel too because I'm part of group coaching programs as well. And I often uh, don't have time to ask a question or I watch the recording. And mm. I feel like when it's a very specific group with a specific purpose, then you get just as much listening to other people because either you're going through that very thing right now or you will. <laughs> like yeah. Later. And that's the thing. Like I'm like banking them up for like in the future when, <laughs> when things don't go so well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it, 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 it hasn't worried me much at all to not be part of it. It would be, it would be great to be live, but when it comes to like um, talking on the Slack group and stuff like that, like I'm quite extroverted and I'm really interested in, in how everyone's going and, and you know, um, the, the 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 feeling of closeness that you feel to the woman in the group um, is so real because you really are all going through the same thing. You know, you've all got so much empathy for each other and and you're sort of cheering each other on and it's, you know, you've made new friends, you know, it's it's um it's really lovely and because it's relatively small, you know, you get to know people and yeah, I I just I really like that kind of environment. Um and it's it's the support that you're able to give each other that's really important. Yeah. Definitely. So is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners of the Women's Dating and Confidence podcast or something you'd want to share with your past self before you joined the program just a few months ago? I just think that if you are a woman um, wanting to have a relationship and you are struggling like I've struggled, this is a really important investment. If you can do it, it um, I feel like, you know, I, I keep, I keep coming back to this was an area in my life that really needed help. And I felt like regular psychology wasn't really getting there in a very efficient way. Um, this is just efficient and, and just sets you up for life. Um, it, you know, for me, it's just been gold. Like it's just been, um, I just pat myself on the back <laughs> having, mm -hmm. having taken this course and being part of the group and, um, being coached has, has been great. And it's not just the dating side of my life, you know, like um, it's really pushed me to work on the fundamental mental health issues that I do face. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's as a 38 year old woman who's never had a healthy relationship and now finds themselves in a connection that finally feels like um, it makes sense. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really stoked and I feel um, very um, happy with myself and, th and that decision that I made, I think was, was very smart. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and for sharing all of your amazing perspective with the listeners. I'm so excited to hear what comes next for you. And thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Amber. Keep up your amazing work. You're definitely doing um, incredible things and it's great. I'm, I'm so I'm so excited for your book coming out and all that. I'm going to buy the book and give it to everyone I know that needs this help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>